San Francisco chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America. Our chapter is made up of 1,000 members and 16 issue-based and internal-facing committees where the heart of our organizing happens. This is a praxis-centered podcast where we talk about the tactics, strategies, and actions of winning socialism with the organizers who plan and implement them. I'm Darby Thomas, co-chair of the DSASF Mobilizer Committee. I'm Fike, co-chair of DSA San Francisco. Yeah, and today we're going to be talking about our chapter's involvement in holding Pacific Gas and Electric accountable for the wildfires in 2018 and 2017. Pacific Gas and Electric provides natural gas and electricity uh, to most of Northern California, meaning they're responsible for nearly 5.2 million households. It's headquartered in San Francisco, and PG&E has been found liable for 17 of the 21 major California wildfires in 2017. They're currently being investigated to see if they're responsible for the campfire. It's the uh, it's California's deadliest and most destructive wildfire, um, killing 88 people and destroying 14,000 homes. If they're found liable, they could be charged with involuntary manslaughter um, and, or even murder. Um, so the California Public Utilities Commission found that PG&E diverted something like $100 million from safety and operational improvements to executive bonuses and shareholders over the course of 15 years. And then over the course of 17 years, it also diverted or failed to spend $246 million in funding intended for bearing power lines, which kind of like brings us uh, to where we are today. Um, so, Fike, why were we at the CPUC meeting today? And, you know, what is the CPUC? Uh, the CPUC is the California Public Utilities Commission, and what the California, what a public utilities commission basically does is does any uh, regulatory oversight of utilities. And um, in the traditional sense, you have like PG&E or Southern California Edison um, that provide electric or gas, but they also regulate. Uh, things like Verizon, so they have a lot of say in things like net neutrality laws as well. And the reason we were there at the CPUC today was because they held a, quote, emergency hearing um, to approve a $6 billion um, set of loans from private investors, including like Bank of America and J.P. Morgan Chase, to give to PG&E um, to kind of aid them in their bankruptcy. And the reasons we opposed these loans were, it was pretty simple. They end up creating a scenario where 
Wall Street gets paid back first if PG&E ever get ever defaults. They, these are secured loans. Um, we had no idea of the structure of these loans. Are they leveraging our electric grid? <laughs> like when you go buy a new car and you get a loan on the car, if you're not able to make payments on the car, the bank takes away your car. Like if PG&E can't make payments on the grid, does the bank take our electric grid? Does the bank take our gas grid? So basically today we we came out and said no to this. Um, we find it like appalling that they're just trying to like shoehorn things like this through without any actual input from the public. Yeah, and so what was the result of today's vote? Um, well, they voted unanimously to uh, let them take the $6 billion loan from Bank of America and J.P. Morgan Chase. So four out of four commissioners today voted yes. Yeah, this is especially disgusting because uh, today um, I read in the Sacramento Bee that PG&E is refusing to pay $1.2 million in settlement to a group of survivors of the 2015 Butte fire in, um, yeah, in 2015. And so I think this is like a perfect example of, um, yeah, we see over and over again these private companies socializing the risks of doing business and privatizing the gains. Um yeah, so there's um, there's this like vision, this like alternative vision that socialists have for um, you know a world without PG and E or one where maybe it's under public control. Can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, yeah. So what we're really advocating for, and what the CPC has actually put in some of their memos, was the ability to put PG and E under public control with the form of a public utility. Um, and we think this would be a significant improvement about how things are done. You had mentioned earlier that um, PG&E has been di- had been caught diverting funds from safety into executive bonuses. Um, what you didn't mention was that was found in a report after the 2010 San Bruno explosion that killed eight people in San Bruno. Um, and uh, I've been lucky enough to organize um, and doing all of this, I've been lucky enough to organize with some members of that community who are still who are still recovering from the losses there that they faced. I mean, it's it's really upsetting to, like you said, when you're like pretty overtly putting profits over people, it, it sucks, and it's going to keep happening as long as we have this private model. And with the loans, especially, we're we're like not we're we're um, taking away agency from people and it, it, any input in our electric grid, and we're giving it to like the likes of J.P. Morgan Chase and Bank of America. Like those people don't know how to operate an electric grid. They're in the business of taking money and turning it into more money. Like that's all they care about. Yeah. Um... Let's see the next up. Uh, yeah, so you were mentioning that. Um, so DSASF is, of course, like not doing any of this on our own. Um, so you mentioned some um, victims of the San Bruno fire um, explosion, gas explosion. So we're organizing with them. Um, who else is like coming out to the CPUC meetings and protesting them? Yeah, it's been pretty ad hoc, and um, we just started getting to know each other. The first CPUC. Um, meeting we kind of threw a Facebook event up for was in late November 
and we were like, we just wanted to go there and express our anger and discuss the entire situation. And we've been lucky enough to meet organizers from all over the Bay Area and like from from the North Bay, from Sacramento. Um, some groups that we're working with are the local Clean Energy Alliance. Um, some other advocates for community choice aggregation programs, um, Food and Water Watch, we've been talking to a lot, um, the Sunrise Movement, uh, really anyone that's interested in like electric grid reform and gas grid reform. Yeah. So you mentioned the November protest. Um, so I think this is the third uh, CPUC meeting that we've like protested. And then uh, we've also been at the PG&E headquarters, uh, too. Uh, can you is there anything like uh, remarkable that you want to like talk about about those meetings and how maybe they're different from what happened today? Um, gosh, I am so tired. Let me think about that. I, I, I wouldn't say anything was super remarkable. They're they just could keep going about business as usual. What's remarkable is that they're able to keep a straight face when people are going up for public comment and telling them how their like childhood homes got burned down, how like how like their family members or people they knew like lost everything and they're just sitting there straight faced and then ultimately decide to you know, let PG&E continue doing what it's doing. So without any real consequences, I mean, I think that's what's the most notable, like their complete indifference, it seems, to to like anyone's problems. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, it's notable just like how heartless uh, these these lawmakers and these like regulators can be in the face of like the the actual victims of the policies that they they vote on and pass. So this is a, a praxis centered podcast, and um, one one sort of like tactic of the that city and regulators like to use that I want to like uh, shed some light on is this like this use of like an emergency meeting. Can you talk about like why that's like not great for democracy and some of the struggles that activists have in response to these kind of like um, meetings that are just called out of nowhere? Um, yeah, <laughs> the reason. <laughs> they're particularly bad is because, well, we're all working people. We, no one has the time and energy to mobilize all of a sudden. We found out about this meeting literally yesterday. It was posted on Thursday um, and finalized on Friday. And yeah, it, it, it took a lot of scrambling to get all of this together. They were expecting us to like not really show up, but it was really heartening to see like a bigger turnout at this one than previous CPUC meetings. Um, it was really awesome to see like folks really come out when it really mattered. Yeah. They were just trying to like really just like jam it through without really getting any discretion, without getting any input from the public. They claim to be a public agency looking out for the public good for public safety and they completely disregard all of that. I, I don't really even see what the emergency was. They didn't declare an emergency when PG&E blew up a neighborhood in San Bruno. I didn't see an emergency meeting get called when PG&E killed 88 people in the camp from the campfire. The only emergency was that 
PG and E was filing Chapter Eleven tomorrow, and this would make it easier for them to do it. Yeah, like we, ah, it is over and over. We see that regulators and these private companies, they they seem to like almost be like collaborating in um in just like fucking well, over the public. Well, they were literally collaborating. The CPUC is like pretty notorious for just doing a corruption. Um, the last president, Michael Peavy. Um, was literally caught red-handed in a hotel room in Poland trying to judge shop for PG&E. Like, you know your shit's illegal when you're, like, flying to Poland to meet with energy uh, people to, like, find favorable, to put in favorable judges. So he was uh, ousted, and he still hasn't even seen any, like, any, like, you know, consequences for his crime whatsoever. It's like kind of gross. So the P- CPUC and PG&E and all of these big regulators are just like one giant revolving door. Like once you're ready for retirement and are okay with getting yelled at mildly, I suppose once you leave your like job at PG&E as like a senior management or whatever, you like walk into this comfy role at the CPUC and you're like, oh yes, I am here doing good for the world by allowing PG&E to operate. Yeah, we're seeing that um, the chief executive, Geisha Williams, is getting millions of dollars on her way out the door, too. And yeah, it's just when you you don't have to dig very deep to see just the, the corruption that's happening over our electricity and our gas and power. Yeah, you really, really don't have to look that hard. But the thing is, I uh, PG&E has a bigger stranglehold over the Sacramento, um, over the state legislature in Sacramento than like any other company or any other industry, really. Like you think housing is a big industry that's like impossible to tackle. PG&E is bigger than that. So that's kind of wild for me because I, I did a lot of housing active. I did a lot of housing organizing. And I thought those guys were like really something else. It's it's kind of wild to hear that PG&E has a bigger grasp on our lawmakers than they do. Does DSASF have a statement about the decision that was made today? Uh, DSASF doesn't, but the uh, No PG&E Bailout Coalition does. And what they wrote is at a last-minute, hastily organized meeting of the California Public Utilities Commission, CPUC for short, dozens of protesters from the No PG&E Bailout Coalition demanded that the CPC stop the illegal proceedings and not move forward with preemptively offering billions of dollars in public funds to PG&E, the corporate utility which regulates. Protesters chanted, quote, shame, and Wall Street bailout, we say no and read the names of the 88 people killed in the 2018 campfire. While the CPC commissioners voted to first declare an emergency action, allowing them to forego public process, and then to authorize loans from Wall Street banks to bail out PG&E if the utility declares Chapter 11 tomorrow, January 29th. Quote, the CPC is enabling PG&E's criminal negligence that killed 86 in the campfire with a $6 billion bailout on the back of already struggling ratepayers in California. 
we denounce the attacks on community choice energy programs, and we denounce the PG&E bailout. From Jessica Tovar of the Local Clean Energy Alliance. And we owe it to the victims of Paradise, Sonoma, and San Bruno to radically restructure what our gas and electric system looks like. What the CPUC did today by authorizing PG&E to take out these loans without discretionary review is going to create even more situations of putting profit over people. We have the opportunity to change our electric system to one that's safe, public, and ensures everyone the right to access, and the CPUC blew it by Graza. The No PG&E Bailout Coalition committed after the meeting to pressure Governor Gavin Newsom, the legislature, and the CPUC to stand up for a democratic, public, local, renewable, safe energy system for all Californians. All right. Thank you for reading that. And so for folks listening that um, want to get involved, what are some good ways for them to plug in? Um, so the first thing you should do is uh, sign the Action Network petition, and you can find that on bit.ly slash no PGE bailout. Um, on the petition is a list of demands that we're making of the CPC and the state legislature slash Governor Gavin Newsom about what to do um, with it. And um, yeah, that's it for right now. Join DSA San Francisco. If you want to reach out, you could email uh, climatejustice at dsasf.org and we can reach you that way too. All right. And then... um yeah. So um, I'm I'm ready. I think I'm like ready to wrap up. So um, I do you have any sort of like closing things that you wanted to say or did you want to like report back any sort of like specific things that like happened at the protest today that you wanted, um, you know, our our membership to know about? Uh, no, I really don't. Yeah. So thanks for being out there. Thanks for scrambling to to get the turnout that we got. And, um, yeah, so that that's bye for now. Yeah, bye for now. Thanks yeah. for the call. Yeah, thanks, Spike. Bye. The Democratic Socialists of America is the largest socialist organization in the United States. We have over 120 chapters in 48 states. We're an activist organization, not a political party. To become a member, go to dsausa.org slash join. To find out what our local chapter is up to, visit dsasf.org. Our intro music is by Young Chomsky.